Welcome, listeners, to this fourth and final episode in our Vetfolio educational podcast, sponsored in part by Merck Animal Health. We're delighted that you're joining us for this last session as we've been exploring parasiticide compliance with Dr. Dan Mark Walder. Dr. Mark Walder is a practicing veterinarian who started his own practice at the age of 28 and is now a partner in 11 Chicagoland area hospitals. Dr. Mark Walder is passionate about the bond between animals and their owners and looks forward to sharing his thoughts as we explore pitfalls to avoid in establishing and maintaining an effective compliance program. Dr. Mark Walder, I'd like to go ahead and hand the reins over to you once again. Hello, everyone. In the previous podcast, we spoke about why you should be concerned about parasiticide compliance, as well as a step-by-step process of how to implement a successful parasiticide compliance program in your hospital. What I would like to go over today is the five most common pitfalls or mistakes that may arise in the implementation process and how you can respond to or hopefully avoid these problems. The first common mistake I see is inaccurate data mining. It is very important to ensure the compliance data you are generating from your veterinary practice software is accurate. You can only make realistic goals based on the fact that the data is accurate. For instance, have you ever received a blood result from either a reference lab or in-house blood analysis machine and you question the results? Maybe the results did not match the clinical signs of the patient you were examining. The same analogy holds true with data mining. If the results do not match what you feel is the case for your practice, then you must be suspicious. Another scenario I would question, let's say your baseline compliance data was 19% for client-owned dogs that are on a year-round heartworm prevention. Three months later, you rerun the compliance reports and the data suggests that you are at 50%. I would question the data. If that is the case in my practice, I might consider utilizing a third-party platform which can run monthly parasiticide compliance reports. This may be worth the minimal expense for a couple of reasons. It will give you accurate results and also in a timely fashion. One word of caution when running compliance reports on parasiticides, you must look at your invoice coding. If you have parasiticide product with multiple invoice codes, this may affect your results. You need to look at all the preventatives you utilize in your practice and make sure you are mining all the invoice codes. Another pearl in doing this data mining, you can see firsthand what are the products your doctors and support staff are utilizing within your hospital. You may have product that is underperforming because no one is recommending this product. So the question becomes, should I continue to have this product on my inventory shelf? I hope you are starting to see why measuring compliance and mining the data is so important in your practice. Not only will it help you in building compliance, but it could save you money in inventory management. Remember, what you measure improves. Second most common pitfall I see in parasiticide compliance is having too many products on the shelf. I am a firm believer in less is more. Did you know that compliance goes down when you give people too many options? Too many choices is bad for sales. This rang true for me when I was on family vacation and we came upon a gelato store. It caught my eye of the incredible number of flavors visible through the outside window. There were over 100 in all. The flavors were mesmerizing, so we decided to do what? To go right in. But then it happened. 
As I viewed the 100 flavors, I just could not decide which one to try. So what happened? I walked along the class display attempting to pick out which flavors I wanted to sample. There were, there were so many. I was simply overwhelmed, so I decided to leave. There is a famous marketing study performed by researchers out of Columbia and Stanford University where over a two-week period of time, assistants set up booths at an upscale grocery store chain in California and offered shoppers the chance to taste and subsequently purchase different flavors of jam. The first weekend, they offered 24 different flavors of jam. The second weekend, they offered six flavors of jam. Prior to this study, the common marketing theory was that more choices are better for customers. People like more options, so providing more flavors should lead to more sales. The results of this study proved otherwise. During the time period when 24 flavors were offered, 60% of people stopped to sample the jams compared to 40% when only six flavors were offered. However, and this is the key point, of the customers who sampled the 24 flavors, only 3% purchased. But of the customers who flavored six flavors, 30% purchased. So contrary to popular belief, too many choices can be bad for sales. Your staff and your clients will benefit by consolidating the preventative products you have on your shelf. My recommendation, pick one topical and one oral for your parasiticides, which you believe is the best for your patients that you serve. This will make it much easier for your support staff and may lead to more parasiticide compliance and sales. The third most common mistake I see in the implementation of a compliance program is failure in treating your parasiticides like services. What do I mean by this? Well, if I came into your practice and had a heartworm test performed on my pet, I have a high assurance that your hospital is probably sending me a reminder in 12 months. Maybe a postcard, an email, or even a text, but some reminder system that alerts me that my pet is due and I need to come into your hospital for this service. My question, if we want to get serious about compliance, why do we not treat our parasiticides like services? Studies show one of the major reasons for lack of compliance for pet owners is this. They simply forget to come back and get more product. So the first step is to have a robust reminder system for all the parasiticide products you carry in your hospital. Every time a client purchases a product, a reminder is generated. We use a three-tier approach. Let me explain. Let's say you purchase a six-month supply of heartworm from my practice. In five months, we will send you a postcard, email, and text alerting you that you need to refill your heartworm. In five and a half months, assuming you have not purchased the product from us, the key point from us, we will send another postcard, email, and text. In six months, again assuming you have not come back to our practice to purchase more product, we will do another series of reminders, but we add on a phone call from our hospital. Let me make one final comment on reminders. If you are not using forward booking for your preventative visits, you should. Forward booking is best explained by this example. When you go to the dentist for your six-month dental profi, what is the last thing you do before you leave the, the office? You know, you book the next cleaning for six months. If you were like me, you have no idea what you will be doing in six months from now. But any dentist will tell you it drives compliance in their patients. So reminders for your parasiticides and forward booking for your preventative visits. The fourth most common mistake, fail to train staff. This is probably the most common mistake we see today in most practices. This is not only in regards to parasiticide compliance, but in all aspects of our hospital. 
I was visiting a practice recently, and a client came in and inquired if the hospital still carried a certain topical parasiticide. The receptionist, in a pleasant tone, replied, no, that was it, a missed opportunity to engage a client and possibly get them on a preventative that, is, that this particular hospital recommends. Now, some of you might be telling yourself, that never happens in my hospital. Well, that might be the case. But do your staff members know how to engage a client about preventatives? Let me share two scenarios with you and think for a moment which one is most likely to occur in your practice. First scenario, a client is being invoiced out and a customer service representative inquires, do you need more heartworm or flea and tick prevention? The client politely states, no, I still have some at home. Nothing further happens. The second scenario, a client is being invoiced and the customer service representative asks, when was the last time you gave your pet a heartworm tab? The client could not remember and a dialogue about protecting her pet from heartworm disease begins. The first example happens in far too many practices today. We should never ask closed-ended questions like in the first scenario. We should be asking open-ended questions to engage our clients about the need for heartworm and flea and tick prevention. My question to you, have all your staff members been thoroughly trained in how to frame the message of the preventatives your practice recommends? Do they know how to engage clients? Do they know how to answer the top five or even 10 most common questions that clients may ask regarding preventatives? The simple truth, training done right takes time. Three components for successful staff training. First, staff needs to acquire the knowledge on all the preventatives in your practice and the purchasing options available, the rebates, the wellness plans, your online pharmacy, whatever it may be. Everyone on your team needs to acquire the knowledge and be able to answer the common objections that clients may ask. Second, your staff should demonstrate the motivation or as I call the passion for getting clients compliant on preventatives. The why, if you will, in desiring all our patients to be on preventatives. Finally, leadership needs to hold the staff accountable for the results or lack of results in the implementation of a parasiticide compliance program. Let me give you a few recommendations for staff training. You need to have written protocols or standard operating procedures for all the preventatives you use in your practice. Clearly outlined in these protocols are duties for each member of your team, doctors, technicians, and customer service representatives. Next, continual staff training is important. A one-time staff meeting does not reinforce the message and training you desire. At our hospitals, our compliance training is always on the agenda, making sure everyone understands the talking points, but also making sure any concerns or questions are answered. Newer staff members must be mentored by seasoned staff members who know how to engage and effectively dialogue with clients on preventatives. Finally, the last common error deals with economics of preventatives. I left the most controversial I left the most controversial for last. Please forgive me. I will always make the case that it is the veterinarian who should be the one dispensing heartworm and flea tick preventatives to clients. That the primary driver for compliance is not the cost, but there are other factors, many of which we have discussed in the previous podcast. However, it does behoove us to not ignore the economic component as well as the competitive forces that exist today for our parasiticide dollars. The moat around our hospital pharmacies has decreased. 
We all know there is competition outside the veterinary hospital for our parasiticide products. The competitors, be it the online pharmacies or the brick and mortar, use the carrot of pricing, quote unquote, cheaper than your veterinarian to help move people to them. However, this messaging does not drive compliance. If compliance means getting more pets on year-round parasiticides. With that said, we must look at our pricing structure for the preventative products we recommend. The best in class should be our main focus, and second, pricing these products in a manner that makes it competitive is something we can't ignore. Notice what I said, not cheaper, but competitive in the marketplace. I know firsthand that many clients will pay a few dollars more when we engage them and educate them on the products we recommend in our respective hospitals. Thankfully, price is not king with regards to parasiticide compliance but it must be a consideration in moving products from the shelf to the hands of our clients. I want to thank you for listening to this series of podcasts on building compliance in your hospital. My hope is that you have found it helpful and your journey towards building compliance is successful. Well, listeners, that's a wrap. Dr. Mark Walder, thank you again so much for sharing your insights and expertise with us over this four-part series. To all of our listeners, as we conclude this session, we do want to remind you, if you'd like to go back and check out any of the other three parts of this parasiticide compliance program, you can find information on these at vetfolio.com at any time. We would like to thank Merck Animal Health for their support of this Vetfolio educational podcast. To all of our listeners, thank you for joining us on this journey. We look forward to hearing from you. If you have thoughts or suggestions on future podcasts or presenters you'd like to hear from, feel free to email us at support at vetfolio.com.